You found it. No nonsense. No scripts. Real people on real issues. Hard hitting and action packed with logic, reason, and common sense. Everything you need and everything you've been looking for in a podcast. This is Dynamic Independence with Johnny Anderson, Bruce Adams, Marty Foster, and GP. Welcome to it. All right. Nice to be back today. How are you today, Bruce? Helping a lot. Doing well. Not stiff today. Thank you. That's good. That's good. That's good. Yeah. You know, a, a, I, a little bit more protein yesterday. So that's good. That's good. Yeah. You know, I'm actually I'm thankful for that new intro that we threw together because I'm tired of giving an intro every single time. I like the I do like the new intro. I, I do. It doesn't sound bad. I even had some people listen to it. Uh, some people that don't listen to our podcast, they listen to it and they're like, that's pretty good. Who is mm. that? And I'm like, it's me. <laughs> and they're like, that's not you. And I'm like, yeah, it is. Yeah. So but no, it turned out good. The uh, uh, the people that, that worked on that, they did a They did a great job on it. Um, mm-hmm. I, at least I thought so. Um, yeah, like so, it. yeah. It's uh, it's pretty good. So, which by the way, do you know how many hours of work went into that thirty seconds you hear? You have no idea. <laughs> you have absolutely yeah. no idea. Yeah. Um, but well, you know, but the the yeah, listener out there yeah. does not. You know, I had a I had a call from a friend of mine today, and I haven't told you this yet. I had a call from a friend of mine today in South Carolina, and he he starts sending me like a, a longtime friend of mine. He he starts sending me all this um all this stuff about gender non binary stuff mm, and and no, everything, uh-huh. and I'm like I'm like. Finally, I, I'm just like, all right, I have no idea what you're talking about. So he calls me and I pick up the phone and he, he starts going on like he's just on one, uh, like this long rant about the thing that was in Congress about the amen, a women thing at the oh, end yeah, of the prayer. Yeah. And I'm like, stop, just stop. And he says, what? I said, what are you talking about? And he goes, I'm just listening to you on your podcast yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, OK, all right, all right, all right. Thanks for listening, but stop. And he says, okay. I said, what are we talking about? And he says, you don't remember? I said, no. <laughs> we go over so much. And then we have conversation after the podcast. So yeah, there, there's. Yeah. Well, his his question was, and maybe uh, let, let's just let, let's just go with this. His question was, when you start getting rid of the sir and, and ma'am and madam and, and all of the traditional things in the Congress, then his question was, where does that leave someone like him that still understands that he says how is that he says how is that inclusive to me when i include everybody when i say sir or ma'am i mean he says that's just how things are but when Mm -hmm. they get rid of that and they replace that he says how is that inclusive to me someone that still uses it it's not and it's not meant to it's meant to uh change language right exactly to it's it's marxist uh, the idea of of changing words and if they can change the meaning of words well, you can change anything in culture. You don't have to change laws. Just change the meaning of a word. Right. And I, I said I said that to him. I said or something similar to that to him. I said, it's about removing everything that we know. That's what it comes yeah. down to. And he says, well, it's tradition. I said, that's precisely what they need to get rid of. All of the stuff that we know has to go away. Everything. It's all got to get replaced with this this dystopic stuff. And he says, well, this is just this is just crazy. And I said, yeah, it's crazy. Of course, it's crazy. You know, these are crazy people. So what's uh, we've talked about it with the um, uh, with Mao, right, where where there was no history before 
you, you know, you're taking well, that's, up the that's the, just Marxism. That, that's just Marxism. Well, yeah. There's no history under Marxism. History ends yeah. under Marxism because history under Marxism was a mistake. So you have to get rid of it and replace it. Right. And and the language and everything that all fits in with that traditions, all that. That's all part of history. So it doesn't exist. Yep. Same with the monuments. OK, speaking of national monuments, that brings one thing to mind to me, brings D.C. to mind. Right. Mm hmm. National monuments, right? National Mall, all of it. Home of our great constitution. Well, not that's not the home of it. That's not where it was, that's not where it was put together. But nonetheless, that's where the actual document is. Um, mm -hmm. And of course, the uh, the memorials of all the founding fathers are in D.C. as well. And D.C. and I've talked to a lot of people uh, here, and they're excited. They're excited about uh, what's going on in D.C. right now, as they should be. And a lot of people in the U.S. are excited about it, with the exception of, I think, a couple of hundred Antifa crackheads. They're not excited about that at all. The Proud Boys have showed up in D.C. in droves, as many of them they could get there. Uh, they're mm -hmm. there. And they, they've shut down a lot of their online chat rooms because of infiltration. So they've, they've shut it all down out of precaution. I don't blame them. So they've closed that. They closed one of the hotels that the Proud Boys were going to stay at because they were going to rent out the entire hotel. So they shut it down. So they had to go to another hotel. Uh, it was oddly enough, it was the hotel that was and they'd stayed there before. They'd rented out the whole place before, but it just so happened to be not available this time around. All the other hotels were open and available, but just not this one. This one, apparently well, the Proud Boys liked because it had Harry's bar underneath of it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you can't yeah. blame a yeah, person I mean, for one. It's a drinking group. That's how it originally started. So... Yeah, but I, I was reading some of the stuff that that's going on. Is um, let's see, there is some National Guardsmen from Utah, I believe, still there in D.C., and they're being housed in some of the hotels. The National Guardsmen that were, yeah, there was some kind of hubbub about it on Twitter because um, supposedly they had gotten thrown out uh, by the D.C. mayor and. Out of that hotel and real that piece hotel of work. Real piece used, of work she is, by the way. Yeah. And that was used for the National Guard that was called in uh, for the, the Proud Boys and rally. So, yeah, that that's uh, that's a fun. But uh, the Proud Boys, um, their leader, Monday, was arrested. Mr. Enrique Tario, you know, we um, we were watching this is I mean, it was it was on YouTube not long ago. We were you and I were watching the conference between Tario and Tommy Robinson, if you remember that. Uh, we I were watching that. And Robinson was explaining now, YouTube allowed it, but you could see where they were throttling the viewers on it. It would get like almost up to like 2000. Then it would they would just knock it back down. But side issue when Robinson was explaining to Tario, when, when he was explaining to him what was going on with like his legal processes and how they come after him and they will they will literally it's lawfare. That's that's the, mm -hmm. the term that Tommy Robinson used was lawfare. And that's what it is. That's what these people do. They go after you. They bankrupt you. They tie you up in just litigation. That's all they do. They tie you up in legal fees. So they bankrupt you. So you don't have enough money to fight back and then they can do whatever they want with you. And they think that that's yeah. how it's going to be to make you go away. And Robinson explained to him at the time, he says, look, this is what they're doing to me. Just take me as an example. He says they're going to do exactly the same thing to you. This is part of the game that they're pulling with Congress, by the way. By removing the gender gender language there, if you use the gender language, you'll get tied up in lawsuits over this. So, and it, it could end up costing you hundreds of thousands of dollars 
you know, the, the, basically it's a look at Roger Stone. Yeah, it's a yeah, it, it's a game they're playing. Yeah, Roger Stone had millions that he'd amassed over the years just in in doing political operative work and mm-hmm. and get. I mean, the guy got nine presidents elected. He's not an idiot. He knows how to play the yeah. game. He's got millions of dollars that he's incurred over the years from doing political work in D.C. and and other places mm-hmm. around the country as a political strategist. And what's he got now? Nothing. They bankrupted nope. him. So he's suing the Justice Department for $24 million to get his money back. And I yeah. don't blame him. Well, uh, anyway, Mr. Um, Mr. Tario, yeah, he uh, he was arrested for the flag burning they did back on December 12th, where they burned a whoa, 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 banner. Stop, 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 stop. He did this back in December and they yes. just arrested him for it? Yeah. So they're arresting him for burning a uh, BLM flag or banner, whatever you want to call it. Well, the media made uh, it sound like he just did it. Yeah, no, this was back in December 12th. They um, burned a Asbury United Methodist Church's BLM flag. So they had a flag out. They took it down and burned it. And he was on YouTube doing it. And he also admitted uh, to one to a media source uh, saying that he, he had done this. Anyway, they arrested him for that uh, misdemeanor charge. Uh, destruction of property. But in the arrest, they found two, quote, high capacity firearm magazines in, in his possession at the time. Really? But no firearm. Which, so here's here's the thing. It wasn't on him. It was in the vehicle when they arrested him. So they just threw the charge in as well, even though oh, he please. was a passenger of the vehicle. So oh, please. Anyway, so they, they're they're throwing that charge in as well. Try, well, you know how they are. They try to throw as many charges. Yeah, on they'll, top they'll stack and then they'll just take one charge. They'll they'll plea out the rest. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's because those two are felony charges. Um, that's that's why. So they they gave him two counts of uh, felony charge for for having the two magazines. Were they loaded? Uh, it does not say. It just says that the magazines were there. So uh, I, I don't know. Hmm. Well, which uh, I mean, it's your constitutional right. I'm sorry. Second Amendment says, you know, shall not be infringed. Shall pretty, not. It's be pretty clear. That's, that's pretty clear. It's pretty clear. I, and I've seen those shirts over the years uh, when it comes to And it's basically you're making a political statement to the, the people up there on the hill. What part of shall not be infringed do you people not understand? Yeah, that's a, that's exactly it. All right. So he's been arrested. And I swear, I swear the media made it sound like he just got arrested for something that just happened. Yeah. Now, no, that happened was... back on December 12th. They failed to mention that. Yeah, yeah. Well, of course, you know, because he's he's such a rabble rouser. He's such a he's such know. a white supremacist. Yeah, <laughs> he's, right. He's such a white supremacist. <laughs> his his name totally says white supremacist, right? You know, I heard him. Yeah, I, I actually I heard him. And this this is a this is a true story. I heard him on Tim Pool's podcast one day and mm-hmm. he was telling the story about his his family that were in uh, because he's his family's uh, Cuban immigrants. Mm hmm. And he was telling the story about uh, his family and what happened to them under Castro's revolution. Man, it was it was terrible. It was absolutely terrible. I mean, I've read about it. I've read about it. I didn't. I mean, not specifically that case, but I've read about Castro's revolution in Cuba. And to have that happen to your family, that's that's terrible. That that's absolutely terrible. And so I guess I'm telling that story because. You have the uh, and I, and I hate to play sides here. I hate to I hate this left right crap. I can't stand it because we're not any of those people. But 
the modern left, I'll put it that way, the Biden camp specifically, you heard him on the debate stage when he was up there with uh, with Chris Wallace and they were tr- they were badgering Trump to get him to denounce the Proud Boys as a white supremacist hate group. Yeah. And it's like, uh, do, do you idiots not know that their leader is a Cuban immigrant? Hello? Yeah. What on earth is white supremacist about that? Do you people not? I feel like I'm just talking to a brick wall here because those of us that don't play identity politics, I don't give a damn where you come from. I'm a product of immigration myself. Mm-hmm. I'm not Native American. I'm a product of immigration. My family came from Europe in the early part of the 20th century when there was mass immigration to, to build in the U.S. They moved there to get out of the totalitarian state that Europe was in at the time and to build a better life for their children and their children's children. And they did. That's exactly what they did. And so I just I get so sick of hearing this uh, this white supremacist talk like this is some kind of a uh, some kind of a hate group. Have you seen a lot of these people? I mean, seriously, if you go and you look at a uh, at a Proud Boys photo, I don't see a whole bunch of uh, white people. I see white, black, Hispanic, Asian, Native American. I see it all. I see it all. Mm -hmm. I also see women out there as well. You never hear them talking about that, do you? You never hear the feminist groups talking about the Proud Boys girls. That's what they're called. You never hear them talking about that. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? They're taking a stand for uh, for rights, aren't they? Oh, well, see, it's not the right kind of rights, is it? So it, it just, it disgusts me. It disgusts me. White supremacists, you go take that argument somewhere else. You can cram it. And, and on top of that, after you get done cramming it, drop dead. I'm just I'm so sick of it, man, because if these people these people don't shut their mouths and shut your damn mouths is is all that this is going to come down to at the end of this, because these people are going to have to be put back in the box when this is all said and done. All right. The D.C. mayor, the useless D.C. mayor, I might add, has decided that she is going to put out a call to Major General William J. Walker, who is the commanding general of the District of Columbia National Guard. She has penned a letter and sent it over to him. And they're calling out the National Guard for uh, today and tomorrow. Is that correct? To see today, well, up to Thursday, I believe. Okay. Well, I have the letter here, uh, the actual letter that she sent and she signed, uh, and I'm going to go over here. It says, as you know, First Amendment demonstrations permitted by the National Park Service are skipped, which I'm, I'm glad that we have permission to exercise the First Amendment in the United States, aren't you? I'm glad we have permission from the uh, the National Park Service, aren't you? Mm, mm, I mean, it's mm. not like it would be in the Constitution or anything, you know? Yeah, right, right. And it's not like it would be in, you know, near the top or anything, you know, the, no. in, in the amendments or something. I think it's near the bottom somewhere, to be honest. But they're scheduled to occur in the District of Columbia on Tuesday, January 5th and Wednesday, January 6th. As a result, the district government requires D.C. National Guard support as these demonstrations will follow similar events on November 14th and December 12th, which you say that's when the uh, BLM flag burning was, Mm -hmm. which, okay, I'm still a little confused on that. So let me get this straight. He gets arrested. Tario gets arrested for burning a BLM flag that is hanging out in front of a church that Antifa burned down, actually. You know, Antifa, like they they set St. John's Church on fire, right? Yeah, it was a different church, though. Uh, Uh, Well, okay, fine. Right. But my point is, is that Antifa burns churches and that's okay. But the Proud Boys go out, they burn a BLM banner that's hanging in front of a church and he gets arrested. Yes. They, They didn't actually damage property. Yeah, exactly. Or or do the unthinkable and burn down a church. Right. Okay. Just I'm I'm just trying to make sense of of this. I'm trying to 
apply logic to an alogical situation, then it just doesn't compute. It doesn't work. Which resulted in a large influx of participants, violence, and criminal activity. Those are the times when Antifa and BLM were out there, as I said, burning down property, burning down businesses, burning down churches, and setting cars on fire out in front of the White House a block away. Right. But the instances they're talking about here are the Proud Boys. Uh-huh. No, yeah, I get it. I get it. But during that, yeah, during these times, you also, okay, and prior to that, you also had D.C. riots. Right. Where was the National Guard called out for that? Um, I believe the media would ha- uh, tell you that um, it was only when uh, Trump wanted to go out and take the, the photo op in front of the right. church. With right. The and he... Yeah. Yeah, and in the words of of Charlie Salami, I mean Chuck Schumer, he said that um, he was he was tear gassing innocent women and children. Oh yes, uh, yes. of course. Uh, mm, yeah, innocent. Mm. Yeah, innocent women and children as they were lighting businesses on fire. You see, the District of Columbia is requesting personnel from the D.C. National Guard. Further, the D.C. National Guard will support operations for both the Metropolitan Police Department and the D.C. Fire and Emergency Medical Services. Finally. No D.C. National Guard personnel shall be armed during this mission. And at no time at all will the D.C. National Guard personnel or assets be engaged in domestic surveillance, searches, or seizures of U.S. persons. See, they're not going after the Proud Boys with this one. That's not what this is about. That's not what this is about. What they're looking at here is, okay, if there is a triggering point for Antifa, which I fully ex- I fully expect there to be. When there is Antifa that starts a problem, the way that their tactics dictate, if anybody that studied their tactics, their, their militant street tactics, this is how they operate. They instigate, they instigate, they engage in a certain fashion, but then they back off. And then once the backing off takes place, then the response comes. And so that's when they turn their cameras on for social media. That's the context that gets shown. And so it makes them look like the victims. So what they're trying to do, what the D.C. mayor is trying to do here, she's trying to look tough, but she's also trying to hide the fact that she's a, a an Antifa sympathizer as well, uh, in my humble opinion, because, yeah, because of what she's doing here. What she's trying to do, she's trying to avoid a Portland, right? The um, uh, the federal agents doing a snatch and grab of Antifa. That's what she's trying to avoid. So when there is violence that started and then the and the Proud Boys respond well, then if there's no surveillance, well, then there's nothing that they can step in on. Well, if there's no searches, well, then you're not going to have Antifa searched and you're not going to have their uh, batons and their their knives and their their mace and all the rest of it taken off of them. Searches are seizures of U.S. persons. OK. All right. Well, so if you can't do any of that, then you can't even confirm that they're a U.S. person, can you? You ever think about agent provocateurs from foreign countries? Director Christopher Rodriguez of the district's Homeland Security and Emergency Management Agency will provide the requirements of and more details related to the mission. The mission. You hear this? The mission. This is supposed to be a peaceful protest, and this is a mission, you see. I request that you immediately connect with Director Rodriguez to discuss the critical request. Thank you for your immediate assistance. I would give him high visibility vests, and I would have them park in cars. That's what I would do. So part of me is I'm fine with the National Guard being there in one sense because Antifa, BLM, but the double standard, that that's where I have the issue is right. where did they call, when did they call the National Guard on BLM and Antifa when they were destroying businesses, churches, as you, as you noted? And when have the Proud Boys gone around doing the same? They don't. No, the Proud Boys don't go out and they don't smash up businesses. They don't. They don't. Believe me, if they did, I'd sit here and call it out. And so would you. That's what we do. 
we call a spade a spade. But the Proud Boys don't destroy businesses. Matter of fact, they actually support businesses. When they were down in Florida to protect that monument, do you remember that? The St. Augustine incident where, um, mm-hmm. where where the Karens were showing up and they were screaming about um, uh, how people, the, how the Proud Boys weren't wearing masks. Yeah, you remember that? <laughs> they decided that after they protected the monument, because Antifa and BLM said they were going to go destroy a monument in St. Augustine. Well, we can't be having that. I think, well, no, wait a minute. I think it was a Fort Sumter uh, monument. Yeah, that must have been it. But anyway, they showed up. The Proud Boys showed up. They rallied down there to protect the monument, which they did. And then after that, they went to a local bar because that's just what they do. And Mm -hmm. as they're at the local bar, well, BLM and Antifa follow them and they decide that they're going to go on to, I think it was Yelp. Is that the business review thing? Yes. They, They go on to Yelp. And they torpedo that business's business reviews and they knock it down from like he had, I think it was like four and a half stars or something. They knocked it down to like a half of one with uh, with a couple of hundred bad reviews, all all smacked at the same time. And so the business owner comes out and he says, look, I'm open because we're the only bar open because we have people that have to make a living. I have to make a living. And so our customer base is down. And to be honest with you, I didn't even know until an hour ago what a proud boy was. But there was no problem here. There was no issue here. There was there was no acts of uh, racism or white supremacy or they would have been kicked out. Yeah. And so here's a guy who has patrons in his business that are supporting his business. And he goes on to talk about how the people that created all those bad reviews, he says, you're the problem in this country is exactly that. But they're given praise and cover and nine Hail Marys by the mainstream media. It's not just in uh, in the U.S. either. They're in different parts of the uh, the world. You know, they're right here where I'm at, albeit they're not as big as what they are. They're not smashing out businesses over here on a large scale. It's not really happening. And people have, I think, at least a little bit of a knowledge of, of Antifa when it comes to here. I mean, Bruce, you and I have looked back at the old um, photos from about 100 years ago. This is where Antifa started. Yep. And a lot of people don't know that. That was a movement that started here in Germany, and it was brought out of the Soviet Union. Uh, by the Bolsheviks. And we've seen the displays of how they used to market themselves back in the back in the 1920s. You remember? Mm -hmm. Because back then, uh, all of the political parties in Germany at the time, you have to consider the time that we're talking 100 years ago, around 2020, or excuse me, around 2020, around 1920, around 1921. This is when you started to see these parties emerge because you had Bolshevism take part in the Russian Revolution of 1919-1920. So a couple of years after that, they decided they were going to expand. So the political parties in Germany, which was in bad economical and financial shape at the time because of the out-of-control money printing and, uh, and things of that nature. So each political party at the time had militant wings. Well, Antifa was one of those militant wings. And which party do you think that they were the militant wing of? The Communist Party of Germany. That's mainline history. Anybody can go and look that up. The KPD, Communist Party Deutschland. The uh, It's funny how all this works, isn't it? Because they call themselves anti-fascist, right? That's what we hear. Antifa, anti-fascist. Isn't that how it works? But they don't say what they actually are, do they? They've never said that. Well, I mean, their actions say what they are, but yeah, they, they don't. Yeah. And, you know, the funny thing is, is that you had a rival Marxist party at the time. And this is this is history. You had a a rival Marxist party at the time, and it was called the German Workers Party. It was a Marxist party. It was a Marxist movement. And they had their own militant wing. They were called the brown shirts. Starting to make sense now. So once they figured out 
once they figured out that that rival party that I'm talking about the populace, once the populace figured out, hey, there's not much of a difference between these two these two parties. You know, why should we support you? Well, the leaders of the party who were occultists, by the way, the leaders of the party of the German Workers Party got together and said, well, maybe we need to include something that's patriotic in all of this. Maybe we need to do something that's going to get people on board with um, with a stronger message about unifying the nation. Right. National Socialist German Workers Party. Sounds a little bit more catching, doesn't it? Hmm. Funny how history works. Yeah. Um, also, just kind of a side note, because I, I briefly mentioned it when, uh, you know, the the National Guard troops being evicted. Yeah, it's a little bit more than what I said. It's twelve hundred troops from 10 states. Um, they're being evicted from different hotels. Now, of course, the mayor says, oh, no, your your troops are still in D.C. hotels. The catch is the way it's worded. They are being evicted from their current hotels and are being sent to other hotels. So, um, yeah, the mayor was also saying, um, by the way, just just want to point this out. The her name is hilarious. If any of you played it is Mario back in the day. Yeah. She said that um, D.C. residents cannot pay their hotel bills. The army can clear that up with the hotel today, and we are willing to help. So basically, she was saying they're being evicted. The army can pay for their bills. So why doesn't the army pay for the residents that are unable to pay for their hotel bills? Why don't they pay for those as well? Kind of a strong arming and uh, i don't know that's that's a bit um uh, she's wrong, not very good she's or, not very good at this political game is she she's really not and the the other thing is is you're you're trying to play strong arm with the army who literally is trained to strong arm they're a blunt force instrument and they don't wise. and they don't like petty bureaucratic know-nothing politicians they they don't yeah, like that at all they don't let's talk about this this is interesting so all right dc's happening which by the way have you gotten any any updates on what's going on there D- dc's happening and you've got uh people that are showing up today and tomorrow trump is going to be there he's already said he's going to be there he's going to be making a speech pence i think is going to address the crowd i think rudy and Sidney powell are going to do it as well i'm not sure of the uh the lineup but the stage is up trump will speak which i think is a I honestly, I wouldn't. I think that if I were him, I would I would be doing it from the Oval Office on a projector screen. But that's just me for security reasons. But there's that. And then here's something else to it. Now, if they're so confident that Joe Biden is going to take office, if they're so confident in that, why are they tearing the bleachers down? And on top of that, why are they canceling the presidential parade? Why has his campaign canceled that parade? So if they're so confident that these things, oh, they're going to say it's COVID, right? They've already said that it's COVID, but it's not COVID. It's not COVID. We looked at the numbers, the death numbers. We're going to go over those when GP gets back this week, hopefully. The CDC has released their 2020 death numbers. Guess where we're at, right where we should be. So just a quick update. Yeah, since you kind of asked about uh, Mm -hmm. what's going on there. The protests have already started. There's crowds that I'm seeing. Um, Also, as a side note, uh, since we were talking about Proud Boys, uh, Mr. Tario, has been ordered to stay away from D.C. except for his trial, uh, according to a judge. And he's also been released on his own recognizance. Okay, so they all right. I guess I I get what they've done here. So they held that charge back. Okay, so and and they threw the two magazine charges on top of it just for good Uh measures to make something stick. They release him. They charge him with two felony counts and he gets released on his own recognizance. Are you kidding me? Uh Are you Uh kidding me? Yeah. Jeez. Let me explain something to you. When I would charge somebody with one felony, one, they would not get out. 
they would not get out. Most of them would be remanded until their trial. Mm -hmm. You do not release someone that's got two felony charges on them Mm -mm. on their own recognizance. You don't do it. Nope. Which means that the charges are trumped up. Well, you didn't used to. Today... Well, yeah, in twenty twenty, okay. we okay. had that change. Yeah, yeah, and we'll we'll go over some of that uh, down in Dallas. We'll talk about that, but uh, well, what's happened down there, and then it, it goes to other parts of the country as well. But um, they're, because they're actually doing this in other parts of the country, that yes, that's true. Okay, so that's happening. They've torn down the. But let, let's go back to the Biden thing. So they've torn down the stage. They've torn down the the, the bleachers, the the grandstands, and everything. Of course, there wasn't going to be anybody in them anyway. Joe Biden did a a briefing the other day, a briefing of his uh, with this ridiculous ad prop out of the Soviet Union, the uh, the office of the president elect, which there is no such thing. So he nope. does that. It's his COVID nineteen briefing when he's talking about how he's going to basically lock the country down and ruin everything and uh, and and just you know drive the final nail in small businesses, which amazing things happen happening over here on small businesses. But we can talk about that in a second. Joe Biden's giving this this briefing. There's a thousand people that watch it. A thousand. That's it. Th- this guy couldn't even fill out a backyard barbecue for a political rally. No one's excited about this. Kamala Harris gave a speech the other day, and I heard like three cars honking. That was it. What is this, Caracas? No offense to the people in Venezuela, but that's what they do in Latin America when they have political speeches and political rallies. You notice that? They got lines and lines of cars honking. So all this stuff's being torn down. I honestly think that they really think at this point that they're they're possibly their goose is cooked uh, on the end of this. Because once this starts happening tomorrow in the House and in the Senate, then all this stuff's going to start coming out. All of it's coming out. Everything. All the fraud, everything. It's going to have to. It's going to have to. By law, they're going to have to put this out. It's going to have to be shown to the people, and uh, and people are going to have to see it. It's going to be broadcast on TV. All this fraud's coming out. All of it. So I, I think that the campaign knows that their goose is cooked, and this is why you're seeing a bunch of third-rate hacks going into the uh, the so-called administration. By the way, where's Bernie Sanders? Where's, where's Elizabeth Warren? Weren't they supposed to be up there on like the labor secretary and, and something else? Weren't they supposed to be up there? They're not anywhere near this thing. If Biden was for real, if the election of Joe Biden was for real, you would have seen day one, day one, as you've seen every other time in presidential election times, you would have seen day one that all these heavy hitters, all these central bank people, all these uh, hedge fund guys, all these establishment Republican Democrat types, you would have seen all of them all over mainstream media jockeying for positions, trying to get up there on that team. You haven't seen any of them. You see John Kerry. You see Pothole Pete, Mayor Pothole Pete. And that's it. I don't even think you got Beto O'Rourke getting anywhere near this thing. He was supposed to be the gun czar, wasn't he? Yeah, I, I, I still think he is, but nobody cares about Beto. So, or excuse me, Beta. Yeah, what, uh, whatever. Yeah, Robert Francis. Yeah, no one cares about him. Yeah. I don't even understand what the hell that guy was doing. Like he, in the middle of the campaign, he goes out on like some self-discovery thing in the middle of the Texas backcountry. Well, uh, his, his daughter lost her turtle. Okay. Anyway, all right. Small businesses. I mentioned small businesses there. Small businesses here, they've had enough of it. The lockdown here in Germany was supposed to end in five days. Uh, It was actually only supposed to last 30 days. But yeah, here we are 60 days later. So the uh, small businesses here have had enough. Uh, Apparently, they're organizing behind the scenes uh, and they're doing so on certain platforms. I'll just leave it at that. And they've said, look, and they're, they're banding together and they've said, look, rather the government finds us or rather we stay shut down. Either way, we're losing. So we're going to open. You know, after the CDC numbers came out, and by the way, don't you think that that should be, uh, Bruce, correct me if I'm wrong, don't you think that should be breaking news, the CDC death numbers of 2020? I mean, you would think it would be good news. 
right? I mean, yeah, but it should be, that would be like headline. Yeah, it should be breaking news. Like every single media outlet should say, my God, look at these numbers. Look at these numbers. The esteemed people over at the CDC that we've held in such high regard during this deadly pandemic. Death numbers are right where we should be. They should be saying, we did it. We beat the pandemic. We flattened the curve. There wasn't more deaths than there was in previous years. Like, well, I mean, supposedly they're saying there was and the data doesn't really add up. But nonetheless, uh, we're, we're following past trends. I mean, th- this should be front page news. This should be, but you can't do it because Trump, you'd be giving Trump credit. Their derangement is so high that they literally can't see past it. They, they can't see past it. Do you, do you remember I, I was making reference once? I mean, this has been a long time ago, but I, I, you've probably heard me use this analogy before. And I read this. When you, when you start reading about uh, the, the days, uh, the final days of the Third Reich, the Nazis, when you start reading about the final days, when the allies were closing in on them, what you were seeing at that point was a, a populace that was losing confidence in the, the actual government structure itself. Right. They were already losing confidence in it. But everything started to get more crazy as time went on. The German people were looking at it and saying, wait a minute, none of this is making any sense. And then even it got to the point where even a lot of Hitler's own generals were saying, what are you doing? What, what are you doing? What, why, are, why are you taking all these decisions? We, this is crazy. And so I, I guess my, my point is, is these people that are in the West I mean, my God, have you seen Boris Johnson? I, I saw his speech last night. First of all, the speech was a disgrace. He ought to be ashamed of himself. The man could have been the next Winston Churchill, but he has no balls. He could have been the next greatest thing for England since Churchill, but he won't stand up. He's sold out. He looks terrible. Hey, looks Macron. Rough. Yeah, he looks rough. Did you, you saw the picture of him? He looks terrible. Yeah, I, I found video of uh, from the, oh, man. What, what you're talking about. Yeah, it's, it's, oh, man. Yeah. He, he looks awful. Macron, Emmanuel Macron in France, looks awful. He looks awful. He's a young guy. He's younger than I am. He looks awful. Merkel, Angela Merkel in Germany, she looks wretched. I mean, she looks bad. They've all had COVID. That's why. (laughs) Right. It's COVID that's teaching them. Right. My point is, is that when an established order, and, and I'm making the reference back to World War II, in the established order, when they have been in power for such a long period of time, and they were, they were. They'd been in power for better part of a decade and they were running strong. But when they've been in power for a, a certain period of time and these people have been in power for the better part of 70 years and they've never gotten in trouble for anything. How many times have you seen these people get in trouble for anything? They're now at the end of their game. They're at end game. They're done. They're done. They've got nothing else. When they get weakened, when they feel like they've been threatened or they feel like they've been put into a weakened state, enter Donald Trump, the election of Donald Trump, the movement, the Trump movement. Forget Trump as a figurehead. He's, he's just a figurehead for that movement. But the populist movement, the economic populism that Trump stormed into Davos uninvited and said, you people are out of your damn minds. We're not going to do globalization. We're going to do economic populism because it works. And you know what? All the corporation heads at that time, they were licking Trump's boots. They weren't looking at Schwab and, the, and his crew of degenerates. They were licking Trump's boots because everybody wants to do business with us. Because Trump knows how to build. The Americans know how to build. The Germans know how to build. The French know how to build. The British know how to build. So do the Canadians. Not some loser academic down in Davos that has some kind of an idealistic, twisted sense of of his fourth industrial revolution, which is nothing but bankruptcy and death. So Donald Trump getting elected, populism rising against that 
well, essentially, it's fascism, isn't it? Mm-hmm. With the election of Donald Trump, and then, of course, Brexit comes along, right? Well, Brexit had already happened, but Brexit part two, Boris Johnson. Okay, yeah, he's been a disgrace, but the fact is, is people really didn't vote for Johnson. People voted because he said that he was going to get England out, and he did, but it was out of the frying pan into the fire. Johnson sold out. These two things, that was a one-two punch to the Davos group and to the Chinese Communist Party. They can't have it. So that weakened them. You start chinking away at their armor like that. That puts them in a state of panic. They get whipped up into this frenzy of, of hatred, fear, and paranoia. And the whole thing becomes a madhouse and it starts tearing itself apart. Exactly what happened in the final days of the Third Reich. Bruce, tell me I'm wrong in any of those analogies. Is that exactly what's been happening over the last four years? Yeah. Uh, that, yeah. Uh, I would I would also um, say that uh, Schwab is... I, I understand what the Third Reich and everything was for, what, what it you know, represented. But uh, I would argue that the Fourth Industrial Revolution is actually the Fourth Reich, his attempt at being yes. another. Yes, that's exactly that. That is exactly what it is. But it's it's really it's it's the fourth turning, though. So you have to look at it in in the sense of the, the Fourth Industrial Revolution is just where we've turned. Right. So let's look at the fourth expansion. OK, so we could say a fourth turning, right? Fourth Industrial Revolution. You're hearing these terms now. You had essentially, OK, when when Western civilization started, OK, you had, of course, we emerged out of classical civilization coming out of what was broken up of the, uh, you know, the Roman Empire and everything because the, the elite went insane. And then, of course, what replaced Western civilization, or excuse me, what replaced classical civilization, it was the West under a reform of Christianity, right? We had the birth of Christ. So in between the period of 350 to about 700, you had what was called a mixture period. So you had the fracturing of uh, and the shattering of classical civilization mixing with this new form that was coming in to replace it of Christianity. Then you had what was called a gestation period between the years of 700 and about 970 to 1000. Okay. So then you had what was called an expansion. So as society progressed, as development began into building an an actual society, then you had what was called uh, a conflict. Okay, so it was the first conflict that was around 1270 to 1440. All right. So there was your first conflict. America was discovered about 50 years after this. So the first empire that emerged out of what was the new Western civilization was the British, right? That was the first, first real empire That was the core empire. That was what supported Western civilization at the time. Then some time went on. The second expansion comes along, right? Second expansion starts around 1440 and goes to about 1690. Well, in that time, you had the British that became the dominant because they defeated the Spanish Armada, right? 1588, okay? So within that time, the British took over that that project. Then you had the second conflict, 1690 to 1815, right around in there. The core empire became France, so they took over, right? This is why you see French colonies all over the place, right? Former French colonies. And they still hold some of that territory today. France was never really a, and no disrespect to our French listeners. Uh, we love you all, uh, merci. But the French never really became a world power. They wanted to be, but they never really became a world power. They were just wanting to. They they never actually got there, uh, partly because of the way that they do business over there. They just, they, they make a, a mess of just about everything internally, internally. Then you had a third expansion. Okay. That was the industrial revolution, wasn't it? So out of that, okay, that the, the French held onto that till about 1810, but the industrial revolution started around that third age of expansion, 1770. We were a few years into the start of the industrial revolution before the American revolution happened, 1770 to 1929. That was your third expansion. You had a conflict in between there, 1893. 
World War I followed shortly after, about 15 years after. Germany became the core empire. And then, of course, they held on to that until about 1942. This is what was put forth by uh, you know, macroeconomics um, guys like Carol Quigley. And when you had that happen, okay, the fourth age of expansion hasn't happened, hasn't happened. We had a road. We came to a fork in the road at that point. When the core empire of Germany collapsed after the fall of, uh, of the Third Reich, the Americans took over the project, but we didn't expand. We expanded for about 20 years between the, the years of 1950 to 1970. That was it. That was it. We had an opportunity at that point to reorganize and have that fourth industrial revolution then, but we didn't. We didn't. Instead, we went the other way. So according to the way that he laid it out uh, and according to and he's he's been correct about the way that he tracks civilizations and his tracking went all the way back to uh, 6000 BC around Mesopotamia. All of them have been tracked with pinpoint accuracy. And there's no reason to think at this point that it's going to be any different. However, we continued the process. We didn't reorganize. We should have reorganized back after the Second World War. We didn't. We didn't. So we became what was known as a universal empire. So in a real sense, the US is the world's first true global empire. Now, you say, okay, well, that's that, that's nice and all. We dominated the world in, in a lot of respects, a lot of entertainment, a lot of culture. Yes, but it was more than that. We dominated the world in our influence. We dominated the seas. We dominated the, the world on real estate. But see, we gave the real estate back. We still kept control of the seas, right? I mean, we pretty much, we pretty much rule the seas of the world. We were the first true empire of the world. You can say, well, the Romans, they were a world empire. No, they were more of a regional empire. The British... Well, they were an empire. Well, not really. They controlled the seas, but they didn't have a lot of the real estate. They had a lot of colonies, a lot of commonwealth. Yeah. But no one's had the stretch of this like the U.S. has had. No one. And so what happens after that? You say, OK, well, we became a universal empire. Well, we became an empire. Shouldn't shouldn't we just shouldn't we proceed on? Well, we're bankrupt. Took us a long time to get bankrupt. They've used us like a credit card. They've shipped all of our jobs out. and Now we're being tossed aside. They're done with us. And they'll do the same thing to the Chicoms. Well, the Chicoms are technically, they're already bankrupt. They're just printing everything they need at this point. So are we. But you say, okay, what happens after you become a universal empire? Well, if we didn't reorganize and, and we became a universal empire, shouldn't we continue on? According to the way, that, the way that history plays out, what happens after that? Decay. Have we seen decay? Look at 1970 to 2020. Just those years. 1970 to 2020. Have we had growth or have we had decay? Ask yourself that question. You say, okay, well, we've had we've had decay. Okay, if we've had decay, well, what comes after that? Invasion. Ask yourself, and, and again, like I said, I myself, I'm a product of immigration. I have nothing against it, but it has to be done correctly. But look at the way that the West has been under attack by unchecked, uncontrolled immigration over the last 20 years. And you ask, well, what comes after that? It's the end of the civilization. Now, does that mean the end of the world? No, no, it doesn't. It means the end of the world as we know it, but that doesn't mean it's the end of the world. And so I'm not one of these doomsdayers. Uh, I'm certainly not one of those. And I won't disagree that there are some, some aspects of all this that line up with, uh, with what you read in, uh, in the Holy Bible. I won't disagree with that a bit because I think the people that are promoting all of this are following what's in that book on purpose. But the thing is, is that we can reorganize. If we can pull this off somehow, and we can reorganize from this will be the first time it will be the first time in human history that it's been able to be done. And the only reason that I think that it can be done is because it's America. That's why I think it can be done. In fact, I know it can be done. We did a lot of firsts. So we did. Yeah. And we can do it again. And you know something? We're not alone this time either. 
we're not alone this time either because simultaneously we're all being hit with the same attack, aren't we? All the West were being hit by the same attack. The Germans, the Dutch, the Italians, the French, the Spaniards, the British, the Canadians. We're all being hit simultaneously with the same attack, aren't we? Everybody knows what needs to be done. Do you know how much damage we can do if we all stand up? And I'm not talking about violently. I'm talking about peacefully. We have the numbers. They don't. They're a loud minority of, of, of degenerate losers. That's all they are. They have knowledge of exactly what I'm sitting here presenting. This. They know how this works. We have an opportunity if we use the tools that were left behind to fix this. And it can be fixed. And like I said, I'm hopeful that it can be fixed. Because, as I said, the only reason I'm hopeful is, is the fact that it is America. And you know something? I, I know that I've met a lot of people uh, in, in my days. And I've been in many different places. And you know, I've met a lot of people that are fans of America. I, and when I say fans of America, I mean fans. And I'm not talking about the, the junk you see on TV. I'm not talking about the sports or anything like that. I'm talking about they are fans of the idea of America. Bruce, do you remember the first protests that were going on in Berlin against COVID? And the people were jumping the barricades and they had American flags draped over their shoulders and hanging on poles. I do remember that. And you're going to sit there and you're going to tell me that that idea doesn't resonate around the world. You see, that's wow. what that's what losers at the World Economic Forum, that's what they fear right there. It's that idea. You can't stop an idea, especially if it's an idea that makes them irrelevant. They can't stop that. They want to. But look at what they're selling. Look at what they're selling you. Death, hopelessness, despair, masks not being able to interact or shake hands with someone ever again. Is that a life you want to live? Me personally, I, I, choose, the, uh, <laughs> I choose the opposite of all of that. I do. Uh, and I'll fight as hard as I have to. And so will Bruce and so will everyone else around here to ensure that we get that. Because as far as I'm concerned, these people's days are numbered. The data is out there. See, this is the other part that they weren't counting on was the fact that the information flows both ways. But see, I also look at the fact that do you remember, I, I went over that clip of, of Klaus Schwab saying something about a cyber attack, right? Mm -hmm. I, I went over that and I, and I thought to myself, because if, if they are down to their last bit and, and they're, they're getting there, if they're down to their last bit and they feel like they have no other alternative, do you think they would pull that lever and put everyone back in the dark ages? But see, that would knock out their stuff, too. That would knock out all the media, would knock out every, I mean, I mean, everything. They wouldn't be able to have that monopolization of perception to the masses. They wouldn't be able to do it. But see, it's, it's the same thing as, as an actual pandemic. Let's just get over this fact right now. This is not a pandemic. I'm not saying it's not a real virus. I'm not saying that. I've never said that. What I'm saying is, is that this is not a pandemic. The only way they can actually call this a pandemic is because they changed the definition of what a pandemic is. That's all they have done. So we need to come to grips with the fact this is not a pandemic and this is not the end of the world. And, and uh, it's just I, I see so many people that are that are just stuck in it and, and they just they will not snap out of it. But I, I honestly I don't think that I, I don't think that they will pull that lever because it'll knock them out, too. That's, I think it's the same reason that they they didn't pull the lever on releasing a real virus. And when I say a real virus, I mean like a real like 10 percent, 15, 20 percent. Uh, mortality rate. That's what I mean. They released one here that was just enough, just enough, just enough to, to screw with us. But you don't release a real one because of what? Blowback, right? 
that's the whole point of biowarfare is you create the virus, you reverse engineer it to create a vaccine to avoid blowback. But see, they couldn't create a vaccine for a coronavirus, could they? It was too ingenious, to be honest. But I don't think they'll release a real one yet. Uh, if you can stop them in time. But I think they're that nuts at the same time. And this is an honest question, Bruce, because I don't know where I'm at on it. Do you think they're crazy enough in the end days of them? Do you think they're crazy enough to throw the world back into a new dark age? Yes. Okay. I, I kind of think so too. But at the same time, it doesn't do them any good, does it? I mean, it doesn't do us any good. It doesn't do us any good. But at the same time, doesn't it? Doesn't it? I mean, think about it. Think about it. It would take care of that pesky social media problem, wouldn't it? It would take care of that pesky problem of people being sucked into their smartphones, wouldn't it? No. No, uh, the dark age they're going to create is they're not going to get rid of they're not going to get rid of those mediums. The dark age that they will generate is the one that we've talked about. I understand. I'm specifically so, talk yeah, I'm specifically talking an EMP here. That's all I'm doing. Um so with an EMP um within 3 years you'll be back up and running again. I mean millions will die because they'll Right lack medication, food, uh -huh. you know, that kind of stuff. Okay, Diet so heat, cold. let's say, let's say that Schwab and company are in the process of losing. I mean, and I mean badly, like they're going to lose it all. Do you think they would pull off an EMP? That's my question. I'm thinking of the clip that we played here of him talking about a cyber pandemic. And to me, that that equates to EMP. You, you detonated EMP 250 miles above Europe. That's That's Europe in the dark, all of it. Same thing in the US. That's all the US in the dark. And they have the capabilities of doing it. I, I don't think it would be an EMP, personally. That That is too... Uh, I'm wanting to say blatant, but I, I don't... That's not really the right word. Uh, if, if they were going to do something, I think it would be more of a... Um, some kind of uh, cyber attack in the sense of um, hacking and taking over something uh, or shutting down the power grid, for example. I mean, okay, so I don't think they would actually use like a, an actual conventional explosive or nuclear explosive. I think it would be okay. more of a, you know, something that's a little bit more difficult to track, if you will. And you can't say it, it, it came from this nation or it came from this location. It would be a, a hacking group and they could pass it off as, oh, it was anonymous or, oh, it was the Russians or the Chinese or, you know, they could they could sweep it under the rug, if you will. Right. OK, so you're saying knock out a country's electrical grid for 48 hours. You can knock out a, uh, an electrical grid. Um, I don't know if you remember the um, God, what was that worm that we used on what was it, the Russians? It was a virus that we used on. I, I don't remember which country the, the whole situation, but basically what the virus did was um, it was nuclear facilities and it caused the computers controlling the facilities to overheat. And uh, as such, they lost the cooling, they lost all that and the systems shut down, right? That's all they have to do is just cause the electronics in there to shut off power, uh, shut off the, the fans on there, cooling it, causing it to overheat, causing a large amount of your infrastructure to be damaged or destroyed or potentially cause fires and the fires destroy it. So you would be out of power for months, if not years, trying to replace all the hardware. There is an, an amount of hardware that ele uh, electrical companies keep on hand. But if you were to do a widespread, you know, a large scale attack like that, at least here in the U.S., um, you would you would overload all the 
all, all the all the companies that would try to repair it. And then you would have to wait for the manufacturing. How are you going to get manufacturing? You have no electricity, so you know it, it's a it's an interesting situation. It is, and that, I mean that's why I'm asking the question because honestly, I mean when this pandemic thing fails, this pan this excuse me when this non pandemic thing fails, they're going to need something else. And I'm just I'm just I'm war gaming things here. That's all I'm doing sure. in my own head, and I'm, I'm going. I'm going based on what we have of what he's saying. They're going to need something else. This isn't going to do it, uh, obviously. Uh, now, I think they're going to continue on with it. They're going to continue to try with it. As you see, the UK is getting clamped down on harder. We got Marty on tomorrow. He's going to be talking about it. Uh, and anybody else we can get on. I mean, I, I told all the UK guys, I said, it's an open door from here on out. Uh, if you want to come on and speak, it's going to be very interesting in the coming days. Now, like I said, the fourth turning, we can make it happen. I, I really believe that. I, I really do believe that. I'm not just saying that, Bruce, you know, when I'm sincere and I'm when I'm not. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. And I, I really do believe that. I really do believe that um, uh, that we can pull this off. But but uh, it's going to require a lot of hard work and it's going to require this is going to be the hardest part. This Honestly, I think this is going to be the hardest part. It's going to require people getting the hell out of their bubbles and waking the hell up. That's the part right there. That's the key. That's the key. And it starts with opening your business. We the people will support you if you open your businesses. Forget the government. Forget those yahoos in the public health departments. Open your businesses. We're demanding that you open your businesses. We will throw money at you. I am ready to do it right now. Open your businesses. Just as a um, uh, clarification there, you're usually a lot more optimist, uh, optimistic on uh, how things are going to go than I am. Um, I'm not as optimistic on how things are. Um... <laughs> I'm, I'm optimistic because because I know I, I'm very well versed in, in history. I'm not I'm not an expert. I'm not an expert. I just know stuff on the surface. That's all. And I know how these things go. I know how these things go. And I think today, as I said the other day, I think today, I think we've got more people awake now. As, as much as, as I complain and harp on the numbers that I think aren't there, I think there's a, a larger number of people that are awake now than what there were eight years ago. So um, like, like I said, I think if they had tried this in 2012, they might have had more success with it, but not now. Not now. I think they had more people to sleep back then. And uh, obviously, the, the information was a little bit easier to control back then, but not now. Not now. It's too late. It's too late at this point. I don't think they could have back in 2012. They didn't have some of the technologies in place um, that they needed. For example, um, CRISPRs. Those were just kind of a new thing eight years ago, nine years ago now. Um, so I don't know. I, I mean, they may have been able to do it as far as the populace is concerned, but as far as technologically, there's been some things that have advanced since then that, um, you know, um, I, unfortunately, we're out of time today, Bruce. We're going to have to go. And I, I apologize because I went on a long rant today. And I, I usually, yeah, I'm sorry, man. I'm just, I, I guess I'm carrying over from yesterday. You know, we had all kinds of stuff lined up today and we didn't get to like any of it. <laughs> True. Uh, we, we did have a bunch of stuff lined we up. We spent all that time prepping. And we didn't get to any of it. We got to like two things. That was it. Yeah. Yeah. Some stuff that's illegal that uh, Biden was doing. That was one, you know. Uh, some yeah, other stuff. we didn't even get to that phone call. You know, we didn't get to yeah, that phone, that phone call. That's right. Didn't get, and I'm not talking about the Trump phone call either. We didn't get to that. We'll have to cover it tomorrow because uh, it's not going anywhere. We didn't even get to the Dallas, uh, the directive. Oh, no, we didn't, did we? You know, I, that's no, why I said no. I got to stop saying that we'll get to that in a minute because <laughs> we, we <yeah>. don't. <laughs> 
All right. <laughs> Again, we're, we're over, so we're going to have to go. For those of you who would like to give us a follow on social media, please do so. You can follow me. I'm on the platform of Parlor, and so is Marty. You can follow me over there at Jay Anderson 3 or you can follow Marty at Marty Foster. I, I'm really bad about social media, but uh, if you do uh, get in contact with me over there, I will, I will respond. Uh, or you can DM me if you're a verified user, uh, and I will respond. Also, if you'd like to reach out to us and you don't want to reach out to us on social media, you can do so anytime by dropping us an email at tips at dynamicindependence.com. And we would ask you to pass this along to friends, family, and known associates. We are trying to grow our audience here as much as possible, but we do need your help as a loyal listener in order to do that. So if you could pass this along to friends, family, colleagues, coworkers, neighbors, we would appreciate that. And feel free to take our links of episodes and, and of our shows and put them up on your own social media feeds uh, if you like. We would appreciate that as well, uh, even though we're not on like the Facebooks and the, the YouTubes and the uh, the Twitters. and Well, no, we are on Twitter. We're just, yeah, we, we don't really use it. But um, yeah, feel free to share our links. Uh, we'd be happy if you would do that as well. Also, if you're rating podcasts, if you could drop over to Apple Podcasts or any other respective platform you listen to us on and give us a rating at your earliest possible convenience, we would appreciate that as well. Five stars would be a plus. Thank you very much. And Bruce, I think that'll do it for today. Thank you for being here today. Thank you to all the listeners. We will see you tomorrow.